0: following is a recording of a sermon given at All Saints Lutheran Church in Ottawa, Canada. For additional messages and more information, visit allsaintslutheran.ca. Hello everyone, this is Pastor Allen of All Saints Lutheran Church in Ottawa, Canada. Uh, Coming to you again, this is the message for June the 7th, 2020, we're continuing our series in the Gospel of Mark which I have entitled The Remarkable Gospel. The Gospels are not just various versions of the story of Jesus they they are that but they're so remarkably crafted in the various writers seeking to convey particular aspects of of what Jesus said and did in order to impact their audiences. And we see this so very clearly in this Gospel, which I've entitled the Remarkable Gospel, because there's so much reaction and in, in from all sorts of people, from his followers to his detractors to his enemies. Even Jesus himself is seen reacting to various things going on. And it appears that Mark is seeking to, to get his hearers or readers it's it's likely that this was peter's version of the story of jesus then and mark was a companion to peter and he had heard peter tell the story of jesus in this way so many times and he eventually wrote it down and uh it's it's designed this way to get a reaction from the hearers or the readers and and I hope as we're going along, the message of this version of the story of Jesus is impacting you. And if, if you've never read the Gospel of Mark all the way through in one sitting, I would encourage you to do that. Um, frankly, I haven't done it yet myself, but it's a really good idea. I've been spending so much time in, in this over these past several weeks. We took a break last week to look at uh, the story of Pentecost if you haven't yet had a chance to watch or listen to that you can either go to the All Saints Lutheran Church Ottawa YouTube channel or go to the go to allsaintslutheran.ca and go to the sermons the sermons page and you can either listen to or watch the sermons from there and so last week we took a break by looking at Pentecost Sunday and now we're back again in our series on Mark one of the things that's difficult to do is we are looking at sections of of the gospel each week. Is we lack the the whole overview of the story, which is something that could really only be accomplished by reading the whole thing over in one in one sitting. So, so what I like to do is I I would like to read some of the context of the passage that we're gonna, the passage that we're going to look at uh, this time. Uh, so we're all, we're going to be focusing only on a few verses. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 30, but we're going to read some verses before and some verses after to get the the context. The Gospel of Mark is so intensely connected. Um, if this was a more modern type of writing, we would get— um, those those connections explain to us a little more explicitly but also it's part of the way mark crafts or it was might have been peter the way peter crafted the story somehow you're supposed to catch these connections even though they're not explicitly stated and there's all sorts of various clues of things that we're supposed to be grasping as we go along when we looked at the parables back in Mark chapter 4, and there's that statement, for for those who have ears to hear, let them hear, that the stories are presented in such a way that you're supposed to go, what? What was that? What's what's he saying? What does it mean? What does it mean to me? And it's it's so easy to miss it, which means we're supposed to pay that much more attention. And the need to really hear what's going on, to really see what's going on, is key to the passage we're going to focus on uh, today. So I'm going to read Mark 8, verses 14 through 38. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many basket full of, baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? And this Starts the passage we'll be looking at today. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, do not even enter the village. And this next section we will look at, God willing, next time. But it's, it's all connected, as I said. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his, his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he said, asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, that you're, are, you are calling us to be drawn in to the things that you're saying. You're calling us to pay attention, to hear what you're saying to us in this ancient text and in how this ancient text seeks to speak to us today. Help us, Lord. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to see and to hear and to receive what you want to say to us at this time in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. So we read that they then came to this town of Bethsaida And Bethsaida was another predominantly Jewish town that was located along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. In this first half of the Gospel of Mark, most of Jesus' ministry is done around the Sea of Galilee, in the north of the land of Israel. Uh, At times they go outside of Jewish territory, uh, and then they're always coming back. His headquarters at this time uh, is the town of Capernaum. And Bethsaida is nearby. And we read, continuing verse 22, And some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And this is a pretty typical uh, incident. Sometimes we see people in need of healing or, or deliverance coming to him. Other times there's friends or maybe it's relatives bringing a, a sick or oppressed person to the Lord. In this case, it's some people brought this blind man to him and, and begged him. To, to touch this blind man. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see about four or five reports of Jesus healing the blind. Sometimes it's someone who is born blind. Other times we're not told. And we don't know if this man was blind from birth. There is a possibility that he was, given how this plays out. It's pretty remarkable, uh, especially you know, being healed of blindness if blind from birth, and we'll get into that a little more as we go along. Uh, Of these four or five reports of of blindness being healed, it's possible that one or two of them are versions of the same story. It's, it's, It's all to say we don't have a lot of reports of the healing of blindness. In fact, we don't have a lot of reports of a lot of things. We have particular examples of particular healings of particular ailments, and other times there's general Comments about he healed everyone who came to him uh, sort of thing. And a couple of times in Matthew and Luke, uh, the blind are included in those general descriptions of many healings. There are no such general statements of the healing of the blind in Mark. There's only two reports of a blind person being healed, and this is the first one. But it's also a very unusual healing, never mind that that is blindness, but it's a very unusual healing because the full healing of the man happens in a, in a two-stage way. And we're looking at, at that, I, I think we're meant to, because it's so unique. There's elements of this that are supposed to, like so much in the Gospel of Mark, they are supposed to get our attention. We're supposed to pay attention to what's going on and get the message that God is seeking to say to us through this so verse 23 and he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village why jesus tends to keep so much of his ministry secret is never clearly stated in the gospels as i've been looking at this over weeks and weeks uh i've i'm coming to some possible conclusions we need to be careful with withdrawing conclusions from things that are not explicitly stated um but um I might mention some of this in a little bit. At, at very least, it looks like he's trying to keep things under control. He's, he's trying to keep things from getting out of hand. And again, for reasons that are never explicitly stated. And so continuing in this, in verse 23, it says, And when he spit on his eyes and laid hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? So this is the second time in Mark where he uses spit. doesn't actually sound very nice. Uh, you might like the word spittle instead or uh, he, uh, <laughs> applied his saliva he pro- projected his saliva through a, a let's let's not go there. anyway it's it's pretty graphic. Um, I don't know how they would have taken it in, in, in their day. The, the last time he used he used saliva. Uh, it was with the man with the speech impediment, and he took some of his saliva and applied it to the man's tongue. This sounds like he actually fired spit in the man's eyes. I may imagine it must have surprised the man um, and everybody else, and surprising us today. But so this is what he does, and he lays his hands on him. So he doesn't only spit on his eyes; he lays hands on him. He might have said something. He might have prayed. We this is all we know this is all that's reported to us and so we don't know what Jesus said until he asks the man this question do you see anything and uh, it's an obvious kind of question it's a little and yet it's a prodding kind of question do you see anything it's not like can you see now, of course if the man could see we would probably know that but he's 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 prodding the man to give him details. If he is seeing anything, and what is he seeing? Um, before we look at what the man says, it's possible we're supposed to um, be hearing an echo of the previous incident, which is one of the reasons why I read the context both before and, and after this incident in chapter 8, verses 17 and 18, we read it, and I'll read it again. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Having eyes, do you not see? Now, I want you could take this almost as like an insult, but there's something here. He, he's implying that— You can have the apparatus of seeing, but not really get what it is that you're seeing. Uh, It's similar to when you go into a foreign country and there are signs around. and We're used to the signage that we see out in the streets. We know exactly what they mean. We know what our stop signs mean. We know what our no parking signs mean. But you go to another country, they use different kinds of symbols. Of course, they use other languages. We may not understand them at all. But the symbols that they use, we might even get the opposite impression because the symbols that we use to communicate something in our culture could be completely different from the symbols that they use in another culture. And so you can see the sign, but not, not um, not get what the sign is designed to communicate so we could see and not see and of course he's setting up something here because this man is able to see but he can't really see verse 24 and he looked up and said the man looks up and says i see people but they look like trees walking what what's that so he has vision but it was skewed it was fuzzy he's able to describe he uses things that we all understand people and trees and yet even in the in the greek here the language is it's it's very difficult to translate um but like what what did he see uh, did he see something like the ents in in Tolkien's lord of the rings books and movies uh The the Ents were these enormous uh, talking tree creatures. Is that what he saw? Well, probably not because of this phrase. He didn't say, I see walking trees. He says, I see people like trees walking and it really doesn't make much sense. So, so what was it, it, it was seems to be it was his way to say that he was seeing undefined objects like somehow he knew these were people, but they didn't really look like people and they looked really, really strange. Now, if he was born blind, we're not told that he was born blind, but if he was born blind and he was given visual capacity all of a sudden, it would be very much like being in a foreign land, with all this, these kinds of symbols different from what I'm I'm trying, like, it's very difficult if we didn't, never experience what this man experienced. How do we try to imagine what it was? Um, That's why I'm using this kind of idea of being in a foreign place, and you're seeing things, but they don't mean anything. They're just objects. They're just colors and and things. they, They don't it's like trying to read a foreign language. Language. Now, I, I know a little bit of Hebrew. I know a lot of people that have studied I, I grew up with exposure to Hebrew uh, from when I was a kid. And so the strange symbols of the letters of Hebrew so very different from English. Um, they're not English letters at all. Like when you do Greek, a lot of the letters look like English letters. And there are some letters that are not like English letters at all. But Hebrew, it's read from right to left instead of left to right. And they're so completely different. And so you look at it and it makes absolutely, you can see the letters. So I'm used to them. I can read a little bit. I'm not fluent in it. But for someone with no background in it at all, it's it all they are are markings. They're just markings. That's it. They don't even look like letters. And so this man was experiencing something like that. He was all of a sudden, maybe for the first time in his life, he is seeing things and he, they meant nothing. His brain couldn't interpret what it was that he was seeing. And if that's what was going on, it's a, it's a condition called visual uh, agnosia, visual agnosia. It's the inability to properly interpret visual input. That seems to have been what was going on. Just like the disciples in the earlier story, they were unable to understand what Jesus was teaching about the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. The reason why they weren't able to understand his teaching and thought that he—obviously, you're reading it, he was talking about a metaphor— leaven as a metaphor, not literal bread, but they thought he was talking about literal bread, literal bread. The reason why they they completely were confused, according to Jesus, is that they didn't understand the miracle of the the miracles of the feeding of the crowds, the 5000 and the 4000. And because they were not able to grasp what was going on, they couldn't understand his teaching. And so they're actually like this man they can hear they can see but they're not actually hearing uh, they're not understanding what they're hearing they're not understanding what they're seeing and this is going to happen again in the next incident when jesus asks his disciples who do people say that i am and who do you say that i am and peter answers correctly but doesn't really understand what it means He knows he's the Christ, the Messiah, but he doesn't fully understand what it means. He thinks he understands what it means, but he doesn't understand what it means and leads him to speak the words of the devil. We'll look at that next time. So the the whole purpose of this is so that the hearers and the readers of this gospel, and right now, you and me today, we're being prodded. What do you see? Are you seeing properly? You think you're seeing, you think you're hearing, but are you really getting it? Do you really understand? That's what this is about. Verse 25. Then Jesus laid his hands on him again. So this is the only time in any of the gospels. Maybe it happened other times, but the only it's the only time recorded that Jesus ministers to a person. They experience significant healing. He went from no sight to sight and now he lays hands on him again and now it says and he opened his eyes his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly so now not only were his the, the physical apparatus of his eyes functioning such a way to allow light to come to his brain and and use the sense of seeing maybe for the first time his entire life which again that's remarkable to start with so he was able to do that but he his brain was not able to interpret what he was seeing properly now another miracle happens his brain can actually interpret it and 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 as i thought of have been thinking about this like this is remarkable beyond remarkable if this man if the man's brain didn't have the capacity to interpret the objects that he was seeing with his visual apparatus now his mind can do it like so i, I, I was giving this thought as as i was preparing for this and, and and realizing that when we're babies we go start to go through a process of interpreting the world around us so when we're at some point as newborns and, and our, our eyes are functioning we're similar we were similar to the man at the when he when he first began to see. So I don't know if we're seeing globs, um, streaks, or, or our brains are, are, are seeing the world around us as if they're just globs and streaks. And eventually we begin to be able to distinguish and define the, the world in which we live. When you're born blind, you don't get that opportunity. And then if you're actually able to be healed of that blindness... Yes, light is entering through your eyes and going to your brain and you're seeing the colors and you're seeing the shapes, but there is they're like globs and streaks. And to be healed like this man was healed and maybe like all the other blind people were healed, especially the man who was born blind born blind, this all of a sudden, in an instant, they're given the mental capacity to interpret the world correctly that's overwhelmingly astounding but that's exactly what god wants to do for you and me right now in jesus we come into the world even as a, when we don't know god with we are exactly like this man after his first stage of healing we see and understand but not correctly it's like like mental. i i don't want to get us confused with with the metaphor but we're negotiating the life in which we live family work play pleasure uh truth justice and it's, there's something here to say about some of what's going on in the world today. People think they understand justice and, and issues between people and people groups. And they, they think they know how to negotiate what's right and what's wrong. But it's as if they're living in a world of globs and streaks. And they're living out life as if it's a world of globs and streaks. But with God's help, we can see the world in which we live clearly but we need a miracle touch from jesus to be able to do that and through his word we have been given the capacity and the ability to do that but we can't do it on our own through his word and the the transformation power of jesus which the bible calls grace and through the equipping of the holy spirit god's own spirit we could see the world through healed eyes and actually see the world for what it's what it is. The world that God created, the world that God wants to redeem, we could understand properly. We could have eyes that actually see. But could you imagine if Jesus didn't ask the man the question, do you see anything? The man saw and he could he could have simply said, I'm healed, I'm healed. I can see, I can see. And and that's would have been good enough. Globs and streaks, a lot better than nothing, dark total darkness. And I wonder how many of us have are satisfied with globs and streaks. I'm good. I can see. I couldn't see before. Yay. I don't even know that they're globs and streaks. I thought this is what everybody else is seeing. Well, in a sense it is, cuz everybody is simply seeing globs and streaks when if, if only we could accept that we're living the wor- a world surrounded by globs and streaks and go to God, God, I'm, I'm only seeing globs and streaks, then perhaps we can put ourselves in, in a situation where he could restore our vision completely and we could see things the way they really are so that we could live in this world the way that we should. We need another touch of Jesus. We need him to transform our vision. The way we're seeing things right now is not good enough. How many of us are, are you know, between COVID 19 and protests and riots, and we, we sit in our homes and go, oh, everything's so bad, we don't know what to do. But we're the people of God who've been called unto the mission of God. And this is going to come up big time next Next message with when Peter gives his answer and he understands that Jesus is the Messiah, but he doesn't understand what it means that Jesus is the Messiah to the point that he gives evil advice to Jesus. I wonder how many of us are praying in such a way where we're trying to tell God what to do and we're actually um, seeking to fulfill the mission of the evil one instead of the mission of God. Like we, th- we we think we know what is right, but because we're seeing life as globs and streaks, we're going about it the wrong way. No wonder our families are so full of dysfunction. No matter our... No wonder our relationships are broken. No matter... No, no I'm, I'm saying it wrong. No... No wonder... God, help us all. No wonder our churches are dying. So many churches are dying. They're dead and dying. So many churches are closed. Instead of thriving, instead of making an impact in our societies, we we wring our hands. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. when We have access to the resources of heaven. God has so much he wants to tell us, but we have to be willing to accept that we're seeing the world through globs and streaks. God, touch me again and again and again. You know, the way you worked my life 20 years ago is not cutting it for today the state of the of my life. I don't know what happened. There was a time when I was so passionate for you, but now I seem to be so cold. I guess it's just the way things have to be. Globs and streaks. Really? God wants to rejuvenate us. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how young we are. God doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave us where we are today, but we've got to be willing to accept that our hearts are cold. Our hearts are hard. Or our sight is dull. Our hearing is dull. Globs and streaks and just sounds and God, don't leave us here. Don't use our leave our communities here. Don't leave our churches here. Don't leave our families here. Touch me again, oh God, that I could see clearly. That is what we all need to do, myself included. There's things that God's seeking to work on my heart, and I've been so stubborn. You know, just, oh, thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I'm okay. Thank you that I will know you forever. But there's so much more that God wants for me. There's so much more that God wants for you. We have to be willing to let him touch us again and open our eyes fully to see what's really going on. Open our ears in such a way to hear what he really wants to say to us. And then use us in the ways that he wants to in these days. Let's pray. God, help us. We are seeing, all we're seeing are globs and streaks. Would you please help us to see the world, to see ourselves, to see our communities, to see our churches. To see you with truly healed eyes touch us afresh please lord make us dissatisfied with the way we are that we would be hungry for the way you want us to be that you would do what you want to do in our lives in these days we thank you in jesus name amen please feel free to share this video send me any questions or comments to pastor at allsaintslutheran.ca keep well keep safe but be open to the lord god bless you thank you for listening for additional messages and more information please visit us on the web at allsaintslutheran.ca